0: Welcome back to another episode of The Wrong Theater. Uh, I am your introductory co-host today, Billy Bruno. Joined alongside me, as always, is Aiden LaCourie. Right now, we are missing someone. Obviously, the introduction's a little bit different. Uh, Stephen O'Malley decided to hit a grand opening of a brewery near his town, so he will not be joining us right away. But Aiden and I are back here. To discuss the third episode of Loki. But first, we are going to break down our immediate reactions to the new Shang-Chi trailer, which dropped less than half an hour ago. I mean, so, Aiden, what do you have to think about that? Literally just
1: watched it. Um, as you, you said it right before we started recording, like excitement building. That trailer was a nice hour, uh, hours, out of the wild, minute and a half. Um, action-packed, graphics actually look pretty cool. I kind of like going in, not really having too much background knowledge on the character. So it's just going to be kind of like a whole new world to explore. Obviously, this show, we've talked a lot about our dislike and um, lack of appreciation for Aquafina. Not a fan of hers at all. That trailer didn't really focus on her character as much, um, which is always a plus. And then uh, I don't even know how he's coming in, but Abomination. The big cameo at the end of the trailer. I kind of said, I would have preferred if that was left for the movie, and that would have been a big thing rather than kind of revealing that in the trailer. But overall, really solid trailer. I feel like I mean, we talked extensively about Black Widow and how the hype for that has been diminished due to a variety of factors. It's a, it's a it's a movie set in the past. We kind of know the outcome of the character. but this was the first time I feel like generally in a while where a Marvel trailer really like, got me going I thought it was far superior to the first one I'm really excited about this I, it's, and I think so. I don't know how to say his first name but Shimu Lee Lu, who plays the character I've heard only good things about him. I mean, he looks like he's going to do a very solid job uh whole different type of action but I know I'm kind of rambling but really dope trailer very very well done I'm excited
0: yeah I would agree with you i the first trailer I thought was decent but obviously it had a lot of Aquafina in it which is just not our style But this one had minimal Aquafina, which is giving me hope that she's not going to be a huge focus in this movie. And it just it looks really cool. Like you, I don't have, you know, much insight on this character or what they're going to go with. I know they're changing um, some of the origin stories, like with his father and all that. So people don't even really know what to believe. But I was getting some John Wick vibes with some of the action in there, and some of the cinematography a lot of as hand well. To hand combat. Yeah, a lot of hand-to-hand combat. We also got our first look at the Ten Rings being used in battle, I believe, and then the Abomination, like you said. And you said you liked, or you would have rather just ap- him just appear in the movie without him knowing. I kind of like seeing him in the trailer because, you know, that, I mean, that's getting me more excited for this because, like. Unlike Black Widow, I think the excitement for Shang-Chi is just ramping up, whereas we're kind of just, you know, on fumes waiting for Black Widow to release at this point. But I I mean I am currently in my rewatch of the MCU and I watched The Incredible Hulk again. And, you know, Tim Roth's abomination definitely had a lot more to offer than what they showed in that first movie. And I, he said that he wanted to come back. And, you know, it's, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do and how he's going to fit into it.
1: Yeah, I just think the movie also just on a more broad scale, you know, the colors look super vibrant. I feel like you're kind of exploring a whole new element of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, I feel like it's our first, other than Captain Marvel, we haven't gotten like a true introduction to a character. And even Captain Marvel, obviously, that movie itself was average. So I kind of have hopes for a, a top tier introductory movie, but there's only so much to say because to be completely honest, I'm not well versed in the character. but. That trailer was the epitome of just a very solid trailer. Doesn't really reveal too much. You get just a general idea of what characters you're dealing with and little teases here and there, um, kind of rewriting the whole Mandarin from Iron Man 3. But again, it's just this idea that you're exploring a whole new world, a whole new set of characters, but it's also a different type of action uh, than we're used to seeing. And here he comes, the man himself, Stephen O'Malley, fresh off a journey to the brewery.
0: So while he's still connecting to the audio, I. For me, I thought I think this trailer was great because it showed two little surprises for me. The rings being used in battle and then the Abomination, which is all like what trailers are supposed to do. I don't like them giving up a ton of stuff, but just tease little things in there, especially Abomination right at the end. So I think that was a very well-executed trailer origin stories with the movies. So I think this is going to be do a nice little you know, Breath of Fresh Air is kind of drawing back to the original days of the MCU. But everyone's also going in with the same knowledge into this movie because things are changing and people just aren't aware of, or of that much of the, about the character. So I think, you know, all the fans from the diehards to the casuals are almost in the same boat here, which I kind of like for a change.
1: Steven, did you just watch the Shang-Chi trailer?
2: I did, and the first thing that came to mind was like with the abomination is the idea of the movie was to be like a tournament of champions fighting style thing. Like that was the basic idea of the story. And they shifted from, I think they shifted from that idea that they kind of presented uh, a couple years ago at, at the Disney expo to like, you know, explaining the real Mandarin and explaining Shang-Chi, but to show abomination is to show a, we're going to connect decently. Well, to, you know, other major MCU films. And there's going to be some moments where, you know, you're going to need to have a little bit of MCU diversity in terms of what you've seen before entering the show. But it also offers the prospect of, you know, we, Aiden and I watched the watch Kevin Feige, just basically illuminate our future with what was, what was to come in the Disney plus world. And Tim Roth's name was mentioned with She-Hulk. So, you know, you have Shang-Chi, which comes out in September, and you're thinking, you know, this is a new character, like you said, Billy, with, you know, the new introductions and the origin story, but you have a character who was teased at the end, and then you have a character who's been teased in a future project in an origin story that, therefore, you're thinking like, okay, this is going to connect pretty pretty well to the main MCU timeline, both in the past with the Tim Roth abomination, to be fair, do we know it's Tim Roth? No, but you know we're we're almost ninety nine percent sure it's Tim Roth abomination. So it's it connects to the past in with a film that you know is kind of ostracized, right? Like we discussed when you're you know you're rewatched, this is a movie that hasn't really been touched other than Thunderbolt Ross,
0: right? Right, it's a character that really did not get its due diligence in the movie.
2: Correct, and and a lot, you know, I was reading it was the Incredible Hulk's like. I think it was his 13th birthday a couple days ago. It was a summer blockbuster. um, And they were talking about how the leader was introduced, uh, Samuel Stern, uh, Tim Blake Nelson's character, and then uh, Ty Burrell's character, Dr. Something, I forget. Uh, And even Betty Ross, Um, you know, that's a movie that's ostracized because A, they recasted the main character. B, it's such a huge character that they kind of, you know, due to contractual obligations, couldn't delve into, but you see abomination in this movie, a movie about an origin story of a character who I'd argue, I don't know if you brought this point up, you know, I'm, I'm a little late. 98% of MCU fans have no idea who he is. But you're touching on a character who was in the beginning of the aim, the main MCU storyline, whether Kevin Feige had to drop that because of con- contractual rights or just basically because the incredible Hulk didn't do so well. That tease is big for both the past of the MCU kind of bringing it not full circle but you know tying in a movie that i really didn't think we were going to tie in at all other than thunderbolt ross um but i'm excited based off of you know you brought up the point showing the 10 rings in battle interesting because you know we've only heard the 10 rings be described as the terrorist organization we've seen we've seen the hints of the rings in the previous trailer and maybe a couple of you know toy leaks but Seeing what the ten rings are, and I know in the comics each each ring represents a different form of power. Um, this was a very good trailer because it still earmarks confusion, like from casual fans. I, I really don't think that there was any sort of cohesive storyline hinted at. Like I'd argue, I know this is a little bit sidetracking, but we discussed we I, we haven't discussed, but James Gunn Suicide Squad had another trailer that I think gave away a lot more plot details than this Shang Chi trailer, and these are both second trailers for late summer early fall blockbusters um but the abomination tease was fantastic the idea that i don't even think they're going to delve into it but i think that they're hinting at the uh the tournament of champions like fighting style movie that i think they completely abandoned and just went right to an origin story um it was a nice tease of what maybe shang chi's exposition will be maybe the first 20 maybe 30 minutes, uh, you know, kind of explaining his background, but that was a, that was a heck of a trailer to kind of, you know, it brings together a bunch of fans, you know, it brings together the, the OGs of the, of, of the 2008 days. And it, you know, it, it brings together the people who have, you know, spent their, maybe their quarantine days catching on, but that was, that was a good trailer. That was a really good two minute trailer under two minutes, which I, I give them props. The Suicide Squad trailer was almost three minutes, like, and they gave away maybe a little more than I wish they would have.
1: Well, I think one of the issues with is the Suicide Trailer, for to jump it also got leaked. So who mm-hmm. knows if they meant to even ever release that trailer?
2: I think that was, I think that was a marketing tactic. I was, I was. No, I was it
1: did get leaked. Like it, it was proven did. that it got leaked, but then they're like, damage control. All right, we'll release it. Then. But, I, I was mean,
2: watching James Gunn's live, and I, you know, was it leaked? Yes, but was it a controlled leak? I think from the beginning, as soon as it was the leak, they were like. <laughs> maybe this was a couple of days maybe a week early um i don't think it was as as chaotic as you know they they made it seem for the fun of it but yeah i it was leaked by by someone but i don't think it was a crazy leak to the point where like oh we're going to release this you know a month before the movie comes out like it was maybe a week premature
1: Steve, i was me and billy were discussing before you popped in i don't know if you heard Re- just real simple like there's not much to it would you have rather abomination been saved for the movie itself or did you like it at the end of the that track? was fine
2: that, that that promotes intrigue for the movie um it also promotes intrigue for she-hulk because he has i would say kevin feige said he's gonna be in the show so he's confirmed for the show so it it, 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 it connects it connect. it's a bridge to fans like it brings the old fans from 2008 who have been here since the beginning over along and then the new ones who've kind of hopped on after maybe watching a few disney plus shows maybe spending their time over quarantine watching all the movies they're like oh holy shit that guy's from the incredible hulk like what's he what's he doing in this movie of a character i've never heard of now one one person immediately on twitter as i as i watched it was like oh that's feng feng foom and i'm like well no it's definitely abomination and i would say 110 percent it's abomination but the fing fang Foom of the comics looks eerily similar to the anim- a- animation that is abominations in both the Incredible Hulk movie and the Shang the Shang Chi trailer. Um, but that was, hear me out. Like it's not like they dropped Iron Man, Captain America, anybody like that. Like it's it's almost a minor character that had a major role that was definitely nixed. If we're gonna be honest, like it, 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 Tim Roth's a great actor. He's incredible. I was
0: re- actually reading an article. I told Aiden beforehand. There was discussions about bringing the Abomination in for Avengers Age of Ultron.
2: So, like, Tim Roth's an actor where you get him and you're like, okay, he definitely can play the villain, he can play the antihero, he's got the acting chops. You know, you're doing the CG with Abomination, but the storyline of Emil Blonsky is definitely a villain storyline worth delving into when you get an actor like Tim Roth. So, I know a lot, I was reading a lot the day you know it was 13 years since incredible Hulk came out and i'm like okay like what what did they stop you know thinking about after this movie um i know that they they were going to tease red hulk in that movie but they completely abandoned that idea after the the reception from the first one but i i don't know like if tim ross in this movie for like three minutes and you kind of just get a tease of what blonsky's character is like in 20 what what mcu timeline is going to be 2024 by the time this movie comes out like the in the mcu timeline like that's that's going to be cool for the casuals who maybe know who abomination is but it's going to be great for us super fans who are like holy shit like this is this is 14 years removed and this is this is something i brought up in in the Loki one and two breakdown where, you know, the MCU introduced a character 14 years ago and they're like, Hey, he's back. We don't have to explain anything. You should, you should know who he is. (laughs) Like that's, that's a perfect example of this. Like you you should know exactly who this is. So many
0: people are going to see this movie and not know who he is because they didn't see the incredible Hulk. And that's why I'm assuming his role
1: will be relatively minor and more of a tease, a cameo for us excited fans with maybe a hint at the future
2: it's more than people TV do their research, Hulk, in my opinion, like it's more of a member. Like this is more. This is it. so. For the movie, it's a good point to bring in like the 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 main MCU timeline. But for the diehards who makes up, I would say, majority of the MCU fan base, it's like, okay, we're getting a character from 2008. He's in this movie. Truthfully, not many of us know about what Shang Chi's storyline is going to be in MCU. But we do know She-Hulk's coming out in the fall of 2022 and we're excited because a character who was confirmed for that show is in this movie. So that's what the die—that's at least what I'm thinking. And I'm assuming most diehards are thinking that way. They're like, okay, major character from the past in this movie in the present, but a character that's supposed to be in future projects. So like, boom, that equals excitement.
0: And I'm getting excited for this movie just in general too. And it's like sneaky less than two and a half months away
1: which i I find find
0: kind of surprising i knew it was september but it's like really early september and it's just the complete opposite to black widow for me which i'm almost like all right let's let's get it let's get it here and get it done with
2: black widow is is you know it's i've read the spoiler free reviews basically on just what the what what the style of the movie is and it's basically like you know it's a disney plus show that's a movie for two hours it's definitely worth seeing it's good And then I'm reading, like, and then I read those reviews and then it goes, but, like, all of them go, but, but this, 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 and that. And I'm like, well, now I just want to see it, make my opinion of it, you know, uh, I assume it connects to either uh, a future project, uh, both on TV. Like, I will
0: give all the other Marvel movies coming out this year a chance to crack my top 10 in the MCU. I don't think Black Widow has a chance to crack the top 10 for me.
1: Um, I'm not saying it's like I try not to go into movies, but it just seems destined for that Captain Marvel type movie where it's just a very basic, good, solid mid 70s. It's a Marvel movie, it's enjoyable, but it's not a rush to the theaters to see it again type of movie. Who knows? We'll see.
2: I'm going to be honest, though. I said it a couple weeks ago when we did just a a preview show. I said Shang-Chi has the potential to be a top 10 best. And I'm now thinking after the introduction of Abomination and Wong that, like, this movie is gonna be really good. Like, this movie looks visually stunning. Its storyline is going to be unique. I think, you know, I don't wanna, you know, bookmark it into a category, but I'm thinking this will fall along the lines of the first Captain America movie and the Black Panther movie in terms of the cultural origins of the character. And if it falls in between those two, that's a hell of a movie you got in your hands. Black Widow is is an origin story that of a character that's already introduced. So it's very, it's a very unique circumstance. Like it's, it's going to be like, it's, it's the Marvel's version, I believe of Kenobi. Like we're going into a character who has been along the entire journey. Like they've been throughout the entire timeline and you're just like, uh, this is just added bonus. It's not, you know, I do, I think Kenobi has higher potential to be great based off of, maybe the the character's timeline that kind of hasn't been exposed but black widow do I, should i say it doesn't have a chance of cracking the top 10 i mean it's getting winter soldier vibes winter soldier for me is is the best standalone uh film but it's third behind endgame and infinity war if it's winter soldier vibes i I'll have to rate it very high. I am not getting Winter Soldier vibes at all. I'm just reading reviews that say offers Winter Soldier vibes. I haven't seen the movie yet. I can't offer my stance on that, but people are saying it's, you know, it's, uh, excuse me, Falcon and Winter Soldier-esque, and I'm like...
1: I think it's just an easy comparison. You see the spy kind of more gritty, real-world type action, and you get... It's like the same with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I yeah. agree. It's like the same... Right. I feel like it's going to be very similar to that.
2: I, I'm curious, though. I mean... It, Vanity Fair wrote the article and I I would say they're as credible as possible I mean they say Val's in the movie Julia Louis-Dreyfus character I'm I'm intrigued at that like I'm excited to see whether it's two minutes or two seconds like what the involvement with her is like I find that well that's a little
0: bit of a spoiler what do you mean well we didn't know that she was in there like if we didn't read the articles on purpose
2: I thought that was, like, common, like, she
0: was supposed to be introduced in... Black Originally Party. she was, but then didn't they said they didn't know if they were going to keep her in there because they put oh. her in Falcon Winter Soldier?
2: I was talking about the article that came out, like, right after she was in Falcon Winter Soldier. Like, that... I, I haven't read anything new. I'm being, I'm being 100% honest. I, okay. looks oh, like
1: a deer in the headlights right now.
2: He I, have, I have my lamp light on, just to... So I can see my keyboard. Um no i read the vanity fair article that was talking about how valentina alessia de fontaine was supposed to be introduced in black widow and she was in falcon winter soldier i mean what are you gonna do with her then like these are two grounded projects like uh, i don't really see any avenue maybe other than secret wars which is a ways away even though i'm very excited for that uh there's a lot of intrigue in that but i really don't see what else she can truthfully be involved in where it's like oh that that has a lot of meaning to it or that that provides me with a lot of substance. Um, Black Widow, look at the actors, though. So, like, it's not going to be a bad movie. It's not. It doesn't have Thor The Dark World written all over it, where it's kind of a, you know... Thor The Dark World,
1: I think, was doomed
2: from the start. Oh, it, it literally gives me Captain
1: Marvel vibes. A solid but not spectacular movie, and that's okay.
2: I really liked Captain Marvel, though, the first watch. The second watch, I was like, okay, how did you not predict the ending, you know? Yeah. Now?
1: But, the Captain Marvel, the first watch, was a lot better than right. yes. it's aged. Exactly. Oh, it was still so good. But that's enough talk about future moving Marvel. Should Loki? What? Should we move into Loki now? Well, that's you what I was Loki. doing. I had a nice transition plan before you cut me off there. Yeah, Sorry. That was,
2: No, you know what? Give each, give each other props for being on the same page. At the you, time were. Time.
1: you were. But at the exact same yeah. moment. At the
2: exact same moment. I was time. saying
1: that's enough about future projects. Let's talk about the one that we're currently experiencing. Uh, Loki episode 3 dropped uh, yesterday. Uh, not at 3, I'm at actually 2.52. And um, Were you I, up
0: or did you just see that?
1: I was up. That's insane.
0: So it could have been before that. No. You were just like sitting on the homepage refreshing?
1: No, I went on Twitter and there was a tweet from like 46 seconds ago and it was like Loki's now on Disney+. Plus.
0: Did you watch it then or did you wait for the next... No, I, I
1: watch it at lunch the
0: next day. I couldn't sleep. Wait. All right, I, I just would expect, I would have aw- expected you to watch it then. Yeah, to I was
2: gonna say you were awake and then turned down the opportunity to then watch it. It was only thirty-five minutes. I have to
0: wake up at nine a.m. So
2: okay, okay so, we'll, yes. we'll draw, so we'll draw the line at five
0: hours of sleep instead of five and a half. Hours. Well, yeah, the thing with <laughs> you is that I knew I know you would stay up for Wandavision sometimes, but I'm. Fridays, you would sleep in a little bit. You didn't have to get up that early.
1: Yeah, I, I was doing some work. Regardless, this is besides the point. Also, I didn't sh- go on Plus. I very well could have watched it if I learned that it was like 30-something minutes, which was a disappointment. But in summary, very much a side quest-esque, Mandalorian-type plot. Loki, Sylvie, stranded on an apocalyptic planet. They're trying to escape, hijinks the zoo. And we kind of get left off there, and there's really not too much to say about the plot of the episode. Not too much to dissect. There, I'll, Steve, I'll you were here for our, our, our pre-show discussion, right? The plan was brief discussion of the episode, give our basic thoughts on it, and then break down our individual theories. So I will say,
2: and I, I'm going to be honest. After like watching the episode, and I I was you, a little you didn't mad. acknowledge the plan. No, I know the plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my thoughts on the episode. Okay yeah i'm saying i wanted a thumbs up no i got you with the plan that's a good plan because truthfully there was minimal plot in this episode but it was more about the subtle you know undertones and i will admit though like the cinematography and the you know I, i read a lot into the the director's choices of you know the purple and pink lighting represents the bisexual tone which i thought like was it was definitely out there for me as a person. I was like, "Whoa, like that's that's crazy that like that a was the point and b like I didn't pick up on it. I was a little like, I had to read about it, but I I definitely appreciate that direction. Like that's just that's the Loki mystery. Like that's the intrigue that it provides, and that definitely provides an avenue for a new audience. And I thought that you know that's Marvel going out of the way, like that's that's them taking the extra step in an episode of a major show that. Definitely, you know, started off hot, and in terms of plot, this episode was a great no, but the, the visuals were stunning, the character development, and I've said this from from the dawn of time, these shows are based off of the actors' portrayals of the character, and Sylvie and or sorry, Sophia, uh, what's her last name? Di Martino and Tom Hiddleston, knocked it out of the park. I mean, that was spectacular on all ends from start to finish. Um, The constant, them pulling knives, I thought that was a funny gag. That felt very Ragnarok to me. Just the constant, every time they're in a different room, they both pull the knives. Like, that That was funny. Hiddleston's a stud. He might be one of my favorite actors currently. Like, I just can't get over how good of an actor he is. And we had the discussion. I've never seen anything else that he's in uh, besides Kong Skull Island. I've only seen basically two projects that he's in. Everything is Loki and then Kong Skull Island. But he's just, he's a superstar. Um, and I absolutely adore his performances. The episode, I have theories, but the episode, I got nothing. It was beautiful to look at. The character development was necessary and Mando-esque, as Aiden said. I'm glad we consensus that in our little group chat. Um, I'm excited. They say four and five. Buckle up. That's what I always say. Buckle up. I'm ready. My seatbelt's on. Let's go.
0: Yeah, so when I put on Disney+, when, and I saw the runtime, I was like, Really? Like, we're doing, a saw so 42 minutes, which I knew was 35 since they included credits in the time. So I wasn't, you know, too happy with that. It wasn't, like, a, a bad episode. It wasn't, there was no wow factor, though, for me. Like, whatsoever. It was very Mando-esque, as we all agreed. Like, and then with the news with Loki and his, you know, sexuality, I just wasn't surprised because I knew that was the case in the comics. Um, but I believe that he is the first... Is he the first LGBTQ character in the
1: yeah, MCU? Like,
0: because they had talked about Valkyrie before, but they never really said anything in the shows or the movies. That I was the first, the first
1: confirmation within right, the so, universe, rather than just Valkyrie that,
0: as
2: well. That's and, what I was hinting at. Like it was the first, literally, direct reference to a you know a, a character with a like. unique sexual orientation but they hinted at it before he even mentioned you know when she brought up the line like uh, i'm sure there were many guys and gals interested in like a fine prince as yourself and he was like oh there were plenty of both the lighting and it's what i was reading you know purple and pink in film represents bisexual lighting means there's you know unique yeah unique sexual tension in scenes and other directors have used that in films where that ambiguity is explored, but this was in the MCU main timeline and and it was like to read about that after and just to think about how well done it was portrayed in the episode, you know, it's almost subtle, but it's also in your face at the same time. Like I was not aware of the pink and purple meaning something, but I all I noticed throughout the episode is this entire episode, all I see is purple. All I see is pink. All I see is glowing purple. Like when we're in the train and when we're off the train, it's pink and purple. Like that
0: was really well done, like that. I, think, I like when they something... throw the purple in there. I really like that with Endgame. Yeah, just, there's something very aesthetically pleasing of purple about yeah. when they throw purple in we, there. But throughout the episode, I, I thought that. that the chemistry between the two, you know, main actors was great. The two Unreal. Locals, the two Lokis, um, which I mean, there's been chemistry in every episode because Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston have it as well. Uh, if another so like with this episode there really wasn't it couldn't be so too super low because i mean and it couldn't be super super high it was really really just right in the middle you know no leeway either way but i wish they threw in something with mobius either right in the beginning or right in the end just for like a minute just like just show him and all the tva guys is totally confused and i'm trying to think of it's like wandavision episode four they didn't have Wanda or vision in the whole episode until the very, very end. And I thought the ending part was also really important because then it led into episode five, which was a great episode in itself. So just, you know, I wish they did something like that because I do think this was a very bland episode. Like, like we said, it was just like some of the early episodes in Mando with, with this past season.
2: I'm, I'm thinking one thing that you know the wow I you said no wow factor I, this isn't a wow factor for me but like when they cut to black I was like oh like like at the end of the episode like when they abruptly ended I was like whoa like that they ended like that wasn't a wow factor but that was almost like a shock it, I'm, I'm trying to draw a difference between the idea of the wow factor and this utter shock that the episode just completely ended but for me, that ending, was it perfect? No, but I was like, I wasn't expecting just like a complete cut to black after the building was destroyed. But I think what would have taken this episode way over the top is showing not only Mobius, but a variant of Mobius that left the coat, uh, the coaster stain in uh, Rowena's office. Like just proving the fact that A, the, ver- uh, the, the TVA people are real, B, they are variants, and C, they are just being multiplied by the TVA in that sense, like just furthering the mystery behind, like just making it distinct that it
1: is a variant of the Mobius that we know and love. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna echo my thoughts with both of you guys. I mean, the overall plot of the episode super basic. Stuck on a planet, trying to escape, hijinks at Sue. This ep- the whole show really from the Disney Plus which, we, which we've talked about a lot, is that it's really rooted in the character development and getting to know the characters better. And that episode kind of introduced us to our characters' motivations and their underlying purpose and how they kind of think things through. But I'm gonna kind of bridge it. So I really don't have too much more to bring. I agree, the episode was cinematography. Absolutely gorgeous. Just like one of those uh, episodes where you kind of stop it at any frame. It's like, whoa, like this looks amazing. So I'll give it that. I think that definitely boosted it from you because I do care about stuff like that. And I think I also was a little more comfortable in its finality, it wasn't disappointing because they they've been really hyping up four through four through six. I'm like okay, but this episode really grew on me a bit. Not in the episode of Hope, but I'm going to bridge it to the theories now. My theory is I don't know. If you guys may have heard of me or not. It's been thrown around there a little. Is I'm very confident, which usually means nothing with these shows. That one of the Lokis is messing with the other. Either this is Sylvie has is enchanting our Loki or Loki is. Um, manipulating her in some way, That's I think we've seen Sylvie's uh enchantress esque powers, I guess we'll say her enchantments. Uh, they demonstrate at the start of the episode, and I really subscribe to this theory of filmmaking, which is called Chekhov's Gun, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard about.
0: And it's I essentially, like
1: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna probably butcher the definition, but essentially, it's like if you prominently display a gun in the background of a scene, right, and it constantly shows up at some point in the movie you are expected to use that gun. And I feel like this show, they've dropped a lot of hints yeah. for a lot of things. They've had the start of this episode, Sylvie kind of explaining how her um, enchantments work. And we've also seen Loki describing how he utilizes duplicates and investing. So I think either this whole thing that happened, the train, the plan, everything, is Sylvie enchanting Loki. We even see her trying to, maybe that's the end of it, who knows. Or our Loki is usual cunning manipulative self and somehow is the whole Sylvie falling asleep. And then they wake up and Loki's, everyone's singing as guardian songs. Something is off about this to me. And I think hindsight, if this gets proven true, elevates the episode a bit knowing that it's all a mirage for either one. And I'm very confident it's one of them, but I have no idea who, and I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that.
2: The thing with that theory is, you know, and, you explained it perfectly it's just basically if you show something long enough in the background um or a, a repeated object or theme that occurs in your film it's expected to come back at some point that's basically you yeah. know whether it's a gun or not like it, the, the gun is basically just the basically pulling the trigger of the item that's why they call it the gun um my thing is that's interesting i haven't heard that beef th- been thrown around i haven't been able to research it as much to be honest i've been a little busy with you know just life and stuff but like as opposed to falcon Winter soldier and one division where i was full throttle like deep diving into it probably makes you enjoy into the, the bullshit into the bullshit to be yeah. honest like i was i was buying into the bullshit this show most things that happen are relatively unexpected like there was a couple of things i kind of figured would come in the second episode this episode was full of surprises in the sense that like I kind of just didn't think I was going to be able to watch it on Wednesday, and I ended up being able to, and I was kind of caught off guard by a lot of things. But my thing with that theory is like, you know, they've hinted at each using their power so much, and have we really seen it be used a lot? I would argue no. I mean, we saw Sylvie control the TVA agents. Other than that, she used it frequently here and there. But one thing she mentioned in the beginning, and I'm not going to just completely hop on you know, the wagon of your theory. But one thing she mentioned in the beginning when describing her power is she creates a believable memory. This would be a believable memory going along with Loki's plan. Like that would be something that Loki would be vulnerable to, him being right. That's all we discussed in the first couple episodes. He loves hearing himself talk and there's nothing he loves more than being right. He said it to Mobius himself. He was like, you can trust me based off of the instinct that I love being right. My thing with that is though, where would, you know, they be like, where would the the, the Lokis be in that sense? Would they be in the present of this destroyed planet or would they be somewhere in the TVA or back in, or sorry, forward in 2050, Alabama?
1: I I think it's harder to process for me, Sylvie being in this theory. If I had to lean, I would say it's our Loki. Because I would think so. It's, it's, it's
2: character.
1: for me, Billy, and then I want to hear your thoughts. There's two options. Obviously, Sylvie's is pretty simple. She creates these super realistic memories and she's trying to get something out of him, get him to go along with her. And this is the world somehow. But it makes a little more sense if it's our Loki saying, you're corroborating her falling asleep, which is a little odd, right? She kind of comes back and everything's a little different. There's a whole different feel to it. And that would kind of go back to, I don't know the exact name for it, but the time thing, I'm pretty confident that that's not broken. And Loki is trying, our Loki is trying to get Sylvie to reveal what her, what she's doing. So I think, I, and someone else brought up that I was reading, not this theory. So I kind of had that in the back of my head and then I've seen other people saying it. I've seen another one where again, Chekhov's gone. Loki was going in depth about his duplicates. Did he make a duplicate somehow? And there's 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 a lot at play here by and I think one of them, as I said, but I'm gonna lean that Loki is manipulating her he fixed the time thing they can get back at any time, but he's trying to get some speck of information out because she seems a little more rattled by the exactly. situation and out of it than he does. But That's Billy, I want to hear your guys. thoughts about
0: it. So if I had to pick between the, those two, if that was going to be the case, I would say our Loki would be a little bit more control, creating a mirage. But I don't know if I buy that was actually happening because Tom Hiddleston said to expect the unexpected for the second half of this season. And it seems like a lot of people are on board with this theory with you. So that's why I'm not going to be on board. And I had a different thought. Now, I don't know if it's all really depends on whether or not we are still in the main timeline or if everything that they did triggered all these different branches and there's a branch that spun off where this planet or this moon Still gets destroyed, but Asgard is now fine. Ragnarok did not happen in this timeline because I was wondering, I'm like, all right, they're going to have to get off this moon somehow. I was wondering if we're in some timeline Mm. where the Bifrost is still functionable. And Loki all of a sudden was like, oh, I wish I had, you know, we could just have Heimdall, you know, zap us up and then the Bifrost comes and there goes Loki. But that of course all depends on the fact if we're on a branch yeah. off the main timeline where this moon still gets destroyed in the same way but Ragnarok did not happen that's, in Asgard. That's, that's a good theory. The, Interesting because we I mean
1: we've seen the Bifrost heard. being used even with the DB Cooper. It's like been hinted at and that would be
0: that would be nutty because so the possibility of that happening, I would say is not very high, but I just, I had that thought pretty much almost immediately. And I'll be very proud if I actually hit that. I mean, they have to get out of this planet
1: somehow, and it's right. not a simplistic way of doing it. Either the I'll, TBA can and save them, which is the basic okay. yeah. Mobius and them find them, come and get them, my theory of an enchantment, or something crazy like a Bifrost event happening.
2: I'll be honest, I, I would consider these four options. A, Billy's theory, B, the t- the TVA showing up, C, some sort of enchantment or D, the easy cop out of Loki was kind of fucking with us the whole time and it wasn't broken like that, that I could see that like would, would that be, would that be the most, you know, elaborate and convincing way of getting off of the planet where you're like, oh, I really, you know, I wish it was maybe something a little more in depth than that. No, but it kind of allows them a lot more time to go crazy with the rest of the episode and kind of the series like that. That was kind of my thought is like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're probably going to appear in a scene that has nothing to do with where we left off. That's my prediction in the full episode.
1: That that whole episode, another thing, because we were talking extensively in our first recap about Richard E. Grant and how Sylvie's the Enchantress. This episode dimmered my my expectations around that because she did seem as though she might actually be a Loki variant and just simply doesn't like the name or doesn't like the heritage because she seems she'm pretty like open discussing her background and her life as that so like I don't know and I'm sorry did you say you said
2: didn't right yeah okay yeah yeah like that was that was a big. I'm thing. just saying because
1: I was super confident that she is the enchantress Richard E. Grant is an older Loki I still th- Richard E. Grant I think is going to be an older Loki or one of the timekeepers but my expectations are dimmer than I'm like maybe I'm overthinking she ad- actually just is like okay.
0: I'm still believing that the timekeepers are
2: not real. I'm definitely still with my Wizard of Oz theory, especially after we're halfway through the season and we haven't seen any mention of these timekeepers. I'm very skeptical skeptical of this Ravenclaw, uh, or no, sorry, Rowena Ravenclaw is from Harry Potter. This Rowena uh, Renslayer. Yeah, I'm very skeptical of her character, mainly because she did not appear uh in this episode i I predicted in my mind before I'm seeing I'm like okay she's gonna end either hopping in kind of doing the you ruined the sacred timeline blah 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 and then loki's like there is no sacred timeline and then they pull the curtain back and they kind of just unravel from there but the multiverse clearly is open i I did think I'm like okay Richard E grant might not be Loki I'm thinking he could be timekeeper 1a that, used to be a timekeeper but now might be dying and maybe he warns us of kang that's kind of, that, that's my big theory my big theory is richard e grant potentially is no longer um old loki or even crazier maybe old loki was a timekeeper in you know a certain uh dimension uh, you know godlike you know i've been reading and i definitely think the timekeepers if they are real they are definitely going to be celestials or gods of some sort um but my 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 prediction for the series, it's not necessarily a theory. It's more of a where I think we go in terms of Kevin and Foggy's point of connecting to the future is the timekeepers or whomever is, is acting as the TVA is, is essentially acting as the Herald of Kang. You know, we should not have screwed up the t- timeline because this will yield the negative uh, actions that, that Kang will bring. We mess with the Sacred Timeline. There is a time lord called Kang. We, you know, we screwed up his timeline. He is now gonna come back, or in this case, go forward, and we will pay for our actions. That is that is my overarching. I'm gonna go theme. We're we're leading up to Kang. We are dealing with time. Kang is the time villain. We messed with his timeline. We will deal with the ramifications in the
1: future. I think that's maybe the biggest issue with the episode and Billy touched on it. Regardless of if it's an enchantment, let's say even if it is, for a a series that the the creators and everyone associated with has pretty strongly said, no, we're not bullshitting you guys. This will have some actual connections on the wider MCU, more than the past two, kind of believing in that. And we've actually seen how that could really happen. It felt kind of like a waste episode. It felt like such a pause from that. And you're like, oh, now we only got three episodes more to see. And I think that was the thing. So dealing with Kang, dealing with the multiverse, there's still so much at hand and a lot of time left, but it just felt like such a pause from where we were I, going.
2: I will say, I'm sorry, Billy, I, I know you're gearing up the talk. I will say there's no shot there's a shorter episode than this one.
1: Oh,
0: no, no, ch- no chance. There no, really shouldn't have been one this short to begin with in a six episode. <laughs> I, I agree season. with that. Yep.
2: That To be fair, though, the Falcon Winter Soldier episode one was 45, meaning it was 39 minus six even that's still i'm i'm I'm, I'm 100% agree with you i'm just pointing out that they've done it before and it you know technically in my mind worked out in the long run like but that was the first episode like so like you can kind of get away with it when it's the first episode and you're kind of just exploring you know two separate storylines this is one storyline where i i don't think basically you have earned the right to go under
0: 48 to an hour plus minutes and i think the next one it's definitely i mean definitely gonna be longer i don't think it'll be super long i think we could see maybe the longest episode being episode five which might have been the trend so far but with with the expectations that i had the beginning of this season i they were very very high and the first three not too too much has really happened and my expectations for the last three episodes are still sky high but they're gonna actually they're gonna really need to meet those expectations because we've been promised craziness and they said you know four and five are absolutely insane i mean they better be because a little bit for the first three episodes it's it's underwhelmed me overall they've all been decent but overall, I think it has been a little underwhelming so far. It's been a lot
1: easier for me. Again, I've kind of mentioned this. When you're hyping up and pretty consistently, everyone's saying 436 is when it gets bonkers. been a really good show so far. I'm, I will give you my final judgment after six episodes. I will not be sharing this point because I think it's been what I expected so far. I'm excited. But before you go on to general thoughts, can I share one more subtle theory that I have that sure. relates to another Chekhov's gun? Sure. Low-key scene... see what I did there, that a lot of people were talking about the aftermath. I noticed immediately is apocalyptic event is happening. They're running, trying to catch this ship. Building starts falling. Loki puts up his hands and somehow stops it, and the building goes back up. They showed those infinity stones. Did Loki possibly grab any of the infinity stones? We don't see what's in his hands. We don't think he has Uh telekinesis powers. It's very subtle, but there's something more to that. And if that's yes. unexplained, I'm gonna be very annoyed because it's mm. not a power that we know he has. How did he stop a building? And some people, is. when I did more research on it, said you can see like the little smoke going back, similar to Doctor Strange
0: as well. I think so my the theory is he has limestone. Damn it. I was just about I to could bring see that, that up. I but then, then that's been. also a way he can escape, right? Yes, that that was it could so be an
1: example cool. of where they're at. What if he has the reality zone? like? Again it goes back to this Chakov's gun and I'm really seeing well, it fully hold on in this show. They've brought up a lot of subtle things and it'll be a shame if they don't use any of them. The Infinity Stones.
0: The Infinity well, hold, Stones hold on. I like where you're going with this because we talked last episode about the possibility of Black Widow being in this series. And if you're going to show Black Widow in the series, you're probably going to have to bring in the Soul Stone and you're also probably going to do it in the next in next week's episode. Right before Black Widow drops, hear me Considering- out. out. Stevie's Steve hey, losing his shit.
2: Hear me out. It's not that I'm losing my shit. Is that I was so on board with that theory until we visited the Purple Planet and it wasn't hers. Like this, this was the episode with the Purple Planet that looked like Vormir. I think that theory that I loved is almost. It's. I mean, we've we've kicked the body in the coffin and now we're burying it. Like we're moving on. From Do you the think purple that- planet? I, I think I was going to bring up and I was going to say my last tidbit is I think he has the time stone because of the way you can see certain oh, damages so certain destructions being completed almost in reverse like you can see the building being sideswiped that they run into like the restaurant almost but the the meteor comes like from almost the ground your and you're And it might
1: be it, it wasn't just that he stopped the building he reversed the building from falling and like made it whole yeah
2: that was like so that was me. So he did the fireworks, the hand fireworks, and I was like, oh, that's magic. And then he did that. I was like, that's not Loki magic. That's yeah, we've never magic. seen it. That's yeah, not in right. his power. Right. So I, I I'm, thinking... I'm
0: completely buying that, but I'm also buying the fact that with the soul stone that's coming into play for the next episode, if that's going to be that that's crazy. Fair. Because when people were saying move the show up so that it didn't overlap with Black Widow, They didn't do that. They also pushed Black Widow back to this date in specific. So, like, was it just because it was after July 4th? Maybe. But they could have done it for July 4th weekend. So have it come out like tonight pretty much would be the no next week would be the opening night. All right. So maybe Black Widow shows up in two episodes then, because that would be right before her movie as well. So in the next two episodes, you very well could have. could have that. Because the dates that they picked when they pushed it back again, it seems like they picked it for a reason. Because otherwise to me, it would have made more sense to have Black Widow debut on what next Thursday, July 1st, and have it run into July 4th weekend. I really don't want to buy it too much because I'll get disappointed, but something major with the Stones has
1: to happen. Loki has possession of them, right? Like you don't just show that and never. And like, they're useful outside movie. of the TVA, which you probably thought. Like if I'm I that scene, if that doesn't ever get brought back, I'm going to be furious because there's something there, and it's not just that you can't write that off as like, oh, that's just look like we've never seen that for him.
2: So here's Seems my thing. Seen. Here's my thing with that whole. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Billy's idea of his theory, and I'm gonna go with what I've been reading, and this is what I've been thinking about the most. Is there's so Michael Waldron, who's a big part of this series. As well as a, you know, an executive producer on Doctor Strange Two has been running his mouth quite a lot about how, you know, Loki's a big character, Sam Raimi's a big director, Doctor Strange Two is a big movie. I'm thinking Kevin Feige pulled Strange from WandaVision because he appears in Loki, and that's how we that's how we get the connection on 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 a grand scale. And I'm not saying Episode Four. I'm saying maybe Episode Five. As a tidbit, episode six. Now, seeing Wong and Shang-Chi kind of throws a little wrench in that. And I had written this down before I had seen him in, in, in the end of the trailer. And I'm, you know, that, that may be too much connection for one one storyline in basically, I don't know, what that would be, a, a week span, maybe a two-week span. Like that might be too much to hint at a project that they're kind of treating almost as an Avenger-level film. And it's like, you know, I, I think that we're dealing with multiversal ramifications as well as you know reality bending ramifications which is what dr strange has you know said in every appearance that he's made in the mcu how he his number one job is to protect earth's reality and if reality is truthfully being messed with and stones are being meddled with and times being meddled with and he deals with the time stone you know he has it in the main mcu timeline because rogers puts it back i can't help but think that our friend Stephen Strange might appear one way or another um, in this show. And that's not, I don't think that's me getting my hopes up. I think that's, you know, that's a little bit of connecting the dots with both a little bit of Reddit and a little bit of just common sense. I mean, Michael Waldron's tied to both projects. It's just, you got to look at that aspect too. And he's been running his mouth a lot uh, in a good way about, you know, Dr. Strange's impact on the MCU timeline, as well as this, this show Loki's impact on, you know, where we're going forward you know it's it there's those are two separate entities like doctor strange 2's got this giant you know overarching multiverse implications for for phase four um but then you have loki that has been you know quote unquote guaranteed to impact the the future mcu timeline like it's two different impacts but this guy's tied to both like it's not something that you know you can ignore it's different than like, you know, James Gunn was an executive producer of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but like that, that that's not something that, you know, Oh, the guardians are going to appear in that movie. That's just, he was in the creative side uh, of the show. This is, this is a writer. This is a guy who's writing for both. Like that's something that needs to be considered. And that has nothing to do with, you know, the shows themselves that has to do with, there's a writer in the MCU who's doing two projects. Therefore, they will connect in one way or another. That's just the real life aspect of it.
0: See, I'm gonna disagree that I don't think Doctor Strange shows up because he was originally supposed to show up in Wandavision. That's what I'm saying. I think I find it really odd that they would have him appear, or originally have plan to have him appear in two of the first three Disney Plus shows when no other big character is supposed to. I don't. I don't really see that being the case,
2: unless they, you know. They had planned for Cumberbatch to be the heir apparent to the MCU, which I could very well see. It's unclear. I haven't been able to look it up and find a definitive answer, but it's unclear as to how many pictures he has remaining.
0: I believe he doesn't Contra- want to be in it. That too. But so
2: that order. was he didn't want to. He he didn't want to join another franchise. Was was the was the article? He 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 was content with being tied to one, you know, overarching franchise. It doesn't state how many movies he has left or sorry appearances he has left on on his deal but i i wouldn't he's a, he's a huge actor and his character is a huge deal uh over the past you know three movies he, he's been he's been a really big deal um this is a guy who if he is the heir apparent to 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 the mcu throne He's the focal point of at least the next two major movies. Why the hell not throw him in a show that you've been teasing t- to connect to the to the grand timeline? That's just my thought. He's 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 confirmed in Spider Man three, and his movie's been deemed a, a Avenger level. You know uh, ramifications. That's just I, that's just my
1: thought. That's I think it's thought. possible, but I'm kind of more even the Black Widow, which I consider. I'm not trying to get my hopes up. It just kind of sne- seems like at some point we really shouldn't be expecting any of these big time movie stars to appear unless it's yeah. their own show. So it seems as though they very much want to focus on the character, the titular character or introduce some new characters, a la Kane, right? At some point, I just feel as though maybe we shouldn't be expecting these huge names. And then it's going to kind of come out of nowhere. Kind of like Luke Skywalker.
2: Loki feels, feels after these three episodes, it feels bigger. Like three episodes of WandaVision. I was like, alright, like what the hell are we doing? And then three episodes of Falcon and Soldier I was like I like I like the direction. But Loki I'm just like when when does the atom bomb go off in front of my nose? Like that's literally what I'm waiting for.
0: And it it's due, I think. I, I
2: agree. I agree. We could
0: be getting some you know mid credit scenes. Yeah, I hope that exactly. big for the next episode for the following week. But think like, about I'm it. I'm still convinced there's something like huge. Some huge character is coming in in one of the next three episodes. But, I agree. I mean, the next episode four, with all the hype it's getting, it really should be just pretty much batshit crazy. Maybe yeah. not with the names that we get, just with all the information overload and what is actually going to happen within the episode.
2: I like that. I agree. I just think there's three avenues for us to get the insanity. And that's A, yeah. with the plot of the rest of the show. And B, you have three episodes left and you've got... You have the option to do mid credits, post credits, so you have the opportunity for six total after movie scenes that you can include that can deal with anything. I mean, shit, you could do you could do post credits that for episode four and five that deal with episode six, and then in episode six post credits you could do a, deal with something that deals with the MCU main timeline it has nothing to do with Loki. Like that's that's the opportunity we have here. Do I think that? It's that much different than WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier? Yes. I think that we are going to get those insane post-credit scenes in at least episodes five and six that deal with the grand timeline and just the major tease, like the major appetizing, mouth-watering sensation that gets you to maybe Spider-Man 3 or Doctor Strange 2. Just like completely, you know, not necessarily numbing the brain, but just keeping the mind active just I definitely
0: think questions we're gonna get something with spider-man three at some point yeah, and I think, hope so. last week i predicted in this series that we would get either a toby you know one of the three spider-man was going to show up in here because spider-man is now six months away and if you think back in the history of the mcu with all their post-credit scenes leading into future movies you get those scenes to tease the movies for like six months away, whatever. Whatever. That's it the is. thing, though. They never
2: had the D pluses
0: yeah. at their disposal. Now it's like it's the time yeah. frame. We right. haven't seen. Right. There's been no trailer, even though there's been rumors of a trailer dropping uh, for Spider Man Three has not happened months. yet. And you would think it's not really going to happen in Black Widow. Probably it's not. And then I, I don't what know. What if no? So what's the next thing that would come out? Shang-Chi. Are they going to wait that long to tease something?
2: I disagree. I think part of the attraction of Black Widow being in theaters is there's going to be something at the end of the movie or after the movie that really, really gets the people going. Like, I think that's going to be part of the the attraction and part of the thrill. I don't think anything other than – I think Shang-Chi might – the end credits, if I'm gonna be honest, and you can write this in stone, I think the post credit scene of Shang-Chi deals with Shang-Chi too. I think that movie's gonna be so successful and it's gonna warrant a sequel. And we're gonna to wanna to learn more about the character and maybe they go further into the past if they haven't already. Maybe they go well into the future and introduce him as you know a main main staple in the MCU timeline. I, I think Black Widow has a greater chance of introducing us to some element of Spider-Man 3 than maybe Loki does. I, maybe you know not if the multiverse is completely open because i think that's going to be a major plot point in spider-man 3 but black widow is going to have something that draws even the slightest of mcu fans out of out of the depths and into the theaters i think that's got to be that's got to be all but confirmed i mean you got to get people out of their houses one way or they,
1: another. They made the mistake. I really don't think they had to do that on Disney Premiere. I think they would have been more than fine. Granted, they had to make it decision San based on how things went if they just put it in theaters. People would okay. have gone. Maybe it definitely wouldn't have made as much as some past made projections, but it still would have made a, a fair amount of money.
2: Well, I agree. Raya and the Last Dragon was, a, was an absolute disaster financially because they released it on Premiere and it, it did not garner the... Like, the, why
0: can't they change the, it? But they also—they they
2: very well could have. I mean, you don't have to release anything, do you? Like, is it set in stone once you? I wonder if
1: they the change system? like theaters who get it.
2: I don't know. I I, I completely disagree with it being sixty dollars as well. I think that's it's sixty dollars. I believe so. Yeah, thirty. Is it thirty? Yeah. Are you sure?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Premiere actually pretty sure is always thirty bucks.
2: I I do not believe that this is thirty. I think it's sixty.
1: I mean, I think they're gonna make money
2: no i think money. The, i think they're going to draw people out of the theaters or draw people to the theaters based off of the fact that it's marvel but it says 30 dollars from back, oh, it is? In, back in
1: march yeah. it said that okay no, i'm okay. pretty confident it's 30
0: okay um i feel like disney plus those movies that they're coming on premiere they also don't take too too long to come on just for free Black Widow would probably be longer because it would have a longer theatrical run. I mean, ride.
1: Raya was March and came out, so it's like three months. It's kind of like how it's like normal, like on-demand stuff. Like oh, days. I
0: feel like normally those big movies they take a
1: while, like come on I, I guess it depends. I mean, Raya was three months, and I wouldn't consider that a big movie, so that's kind of your...
0: But like, sometimes they'll come on just for you to buy
2: them. So exactly. my thing is like, Soul won an Oscar, and it was free,
0: and that's because they, they nerfed. Pics Riot the and
2: the last dragon reason. was not, and it was not good.
0: Well, they're they're messing up with.
2: I know, I know. I'm just saying. I my thing, my my overarching
0: oh, okay. Black Widow is there needs so to be something. Black Widow which... will come to Disney Plus at no extra charge on October sixth. So they will have to wait three months. Yeah, I mean that's basically like I
1: mean, come I'm, see it in theaters. I'm going in theaters, but
2: right and i don't think it's a question the thing is
1: like realistically with the amount of people we have watching it it would be more financially feasible to go but that's not what you do with a marvel movie you go see it in theaters
2: the thing is like you know whether whether we're expecting this unreal display of falcon and the winter soldier captain america winter soldier as action is like our our 45 to 55 inch tvs cannot do it justice like i mean it's a, it was made for the movies like we, we, we have no choice but to be obliged and in, into going to the theaters. But I feel like there has to be something that draws people out, other than, and this is part of my thing with you know Loki and Black Widow overlap. I expressed my distaste with it earlier. I still agree with it until proven otherwise. Like you you could have waited, for, or you could have moved Loki up. Like it, it didn't they didn't have to overlap. And I, I the movies both deal with the element of time, and I you know i brought i brought up my points with it and i'm not going to harp on the same the same point but it, something with black widow has to have a wow factor to the point where it makes sense that they continually withheld it from the fans like it's i get it it's a movie and they wanted it in theaters regardless but You've been doing this premier access to the point where, you know, you know what your market's gonna be. And especially if it's a major Marvel project, is you know people are gonna pay the thirty dollars no matter what. So if you release it in May, you probably make a killing. The subscribers go up for the May and June months, and you kill it kind of like HBO Max did with the Snyder cut, probably on an even greater scale. And you know, you don't have to basically appease the fans' appetites.
1: It's also the question is like. Black Widow got delayed so much, other movies have finished up. Do they change the end credit scenes? Right. Like, they like, have that ability if they want to add yeah. something new that wasn't finished. Do they tease Disney Plus shows? Maybe Hawkeye somehow gets them. Like, there's so many avenues. I'm intrigued. There's
2: so many avenues. I feel like
1: there's going to be one uh, kind of similar. I, I think you said it. There's going to be one that's, like, kind of connects more to this the movie and just a smaller than maybe one big one.
0: It I should. I don't
1: like, think there's going to be a massive one, like, that you see, like, Avengers and ultra like the avengers level end credit scenes where it's like the next big bad but i think there's going to be something there maybe not no way home but maybe shang chi is teased, something along those lines. but we've been rambling want
0: to give scores for the to, let's give
1: scores and then wrap up scores for loki jump back to loki real quick i'll start 72 cinematography great acting from uh Di Martino and hiddleston on point uh Plot pretty bland, not much there. Didn't advance the plot. Was more focused on the characters, but made a little more intriguing to me by some of the theories about the episode. Seventy-two, solid, nothing special.
0: I'm right around you, Aiden. I gave it a seventy-one. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a bad episode because I liked the chemistry. I thought the interactions between the characters was really good. Um, did not like the runtime as much, but you know, there's there was no wow factor either. I, I do like the theories that we're bringing out of this episode, though, through the discussion with the Infinity Stones, the possibilities of what's happening afterwards. But just with this episode, I've given it a 71. You know, like we said, it was very Mandalorian-esque, where he goes to a planet, they have to try and get off the planet, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I, I mean, it's like I'm comparing it kind of to some of the early episodes in the last season of The Mandalorian, or some of the episodes in the middle part of the first season where that's kind of all it was. So 71, I think is kind of on par of some of those episode grades that I gave them. Um, And for me, I know this is different from you guys. I did have it slightly above the first episode just because I liked the dialogue a lot. Um, And the first episode, there was things that happened in it. I didn't like as much with the whole situation that were kind of settled in episode two. But as just as an individual episode, I think this one has a slight advantage over the first one, which I know I'm in the minority when thinking that.
2: I came in right under you guys with the seventy. My thing was, and Billy, you hit it right on the head. Is I get bothered when it's a short runtime with a six-episode series like that. That bothers me. Like I know I, you can't harp on it too much, but like I, I know that if they extended five minutes, you could have put something in that just makes the episode as a whole. you know over the top as well as maybe progresses the series a little bit easier the cinematography was unbelievable and the the character performances were unbelievable so i equated 35 points to each for their spectacularness i enjoyed the way it looked and i enjoyed the way it was demonstrated but you know billy's point of the runtime that just that kills me in a six episode series like kenobi's supposed to be four if there's anything kenobi under an hour i'm going to freaking lose my mind
1: like that's I'll oh, get ready because there's absolutely going to be one under an hour
2: i know but it's just like when it's a the runtime thing is nothing i can ever control and i shouldn't anything under over
1: 50 it. in kenobi would be an average i think it should be 50 I, to an hour
2: yeah I, it's just it's something that, that kills me and i know you know trust in feige always but it, it's just Like the first, the second episode of WandaVision is like 22 minutes. Even that
0: kills me. And it's a a, runtime, I definitely think plays a big factor because certain things deserve different runtimes. I agree. This is a perfect series. When you're having a six episode season, there really should not be anything that is under 45 minutes of
2: content. I 100% agree. I'd even argue
0: 50. And and this is where, you know, I know this is kind of a crutch when relating things to it, but the last season of Game of Thrones, people had a lot of issues with the first two episodes because they were really short. They were like 48 minutes. And you know we knew there was so much to wrap up. And they just started off with two super short episodes. And it was a huge problem for them. Now, granted, there's not as much stuff that, as much content that Marvel's trying to pack into these six episode series. But like, to me, this episode, there was stuff that should have been included that would have made this a stronger overall episode, like what I said with Mo- showing Mobius in the TVA for a couple minutes. And now I do think that episode four is going to start out with Mobius.
2: I think then- we don't, I know, I will guarantee you, and I, uh, we, can, we can probably end on this, but I will guarantee you 100% the first scene of the next episode has nothing to do with the building crashing and them being on that planet.
0: I I think it's gonna be Mobius and all the TV.
2: They've been hinting at Renslayer's background being introduced. You could just hop right into that. Like that, I I will I will put my life on the fact that it is not going to open up. All right, do it.
0: Yeah, I could see like a throwback, a flashback scene. I'll bet you 10 cents. A flashback scene, they show the Marvel credits with the and it turns into green, which I actually love. I love that they're switching it up. And then it shows Mobius. And then
2: we don't go to the last scene. That I there's no shot we go to. One thing I will say though, with runtimes that I was that I'm okay with. Uh the Bad Batch started with a seventy eight minute basically film and then have broken off into thirty minute episodes. That's okay when you basically knock out everything you could need and possibly like possibly need and more with exposition in the first episode. And then the episodes can be shorter. I get it. It's a cartoon for kids. And that's definitely a tough thing for a seven or eight year old to sit through and watch a 78 minute episode. But that 78 minute episode was better than the entire sequel trilogy as a whole. Um, And then you go into these little episodes and you're like, all right, these are banging. Like this is a side quest, but we had this first episode that was spectacular. I think with Loki is you could do 50, 50, 50, and when I see an episode, I click on Disney Plus and it says 43 minutes, I already know in my mind, it's maximum 37. Like I, I'll equate maybe 30 seconds to an end credits or post or mid credits. Like, I know it's not going to be even close to 40 minutes, which is just, it's, it's, it's a mental thing. But,
0: you know, I, I think we're going to get into five, the credits. Yeah. I feel like you have to. I feel like you have to get at least... And I will be three. ecstatic if I see something over a 60 minutes on the run time. Yeah, that would be... Give awesome. me like a 55 I, minute of content. I I don't I, think I, it's going to happen. I think we're going to be in a nice 48 minute of content type of area. But if you give me... I, I think we're in the 48 minute to 53 minute, like as a whole
2: runtime thing. Like, like we're going to get 45 minute shows or 43 minute shows to like 49 minute shows excuse me just like falcon winter soldier i don't think i think they have a formula i don't think that anything will uh, supersede that unless it's a four four episode uh series but i mean to say that you know when they were hyping up four and five and we're heading here from three i'm i'm actually like I'm, i'm i'm with it i'm on point like i if they said four and three four and five excuse me is where we take off and three was basically a side quest that gave me an interaction of lady Loki and regular Loki that I uh, uh, loved. I thought it was fantastic. I'm I, Billy, you were mentioning your not your lack of confidence, but just you're expressing your concern with maybe your, your, your hopes will not be lived up. I
0: I have confidence that the next couple episodes are going to be crazy, but I'm just saying they better meet them. I,
2: I will back, I will back the show after, even after these last two series, maybe, Missing out on a few points, I will back the series that your expectations will be superseded over the next three episodes.
1: Yes, I have full trust this won't be. Yeah, I, I,
2: I've, I, I think the fourth episode, which I've heard more buzz about than the fifth, maybe breaking the trend, bucking the trend of the fifth episode being the super crazy one. I, I think that the fourth episode may be one of the better D plus.
0: That's what I'm saying. I need this fourth episode to be that good. Like, if it's not, then I'm going to be a little annoyed. I I think you'll be good.
1: Okay, so what if the fourth one is solid and the fifth one is epic? You're not going to care that the fourth one was solid.
0: No, I kind of need both of them to be epic. I I, mean, that's a little bit ridiculous.
2: I'm sticking my neck out. I think both are going to be insane.
0: I'm expecting both of them to be. And I'll
2: get. And I'll guarantee. I'm sticking my neck out. You have my neck my neck is being stuck
0: out. It's all yours. I I don't think it's unfair to say that. No, I think it is. If
1: you're saying, you're basically willing the show to be, if it's not spectacular for the next two, you're, you're like... Uh, correct. I know. based on
0: what people are saying about it and what the people involved in the show i'm kind of is, in both is four has been, is the craziest but four and five are both I mean, like you four.
1: can't just go around saying like i need it to be this level because then you're uh, just crazy just go in and expect this have fun with it
2: i'm with both of you guys i definitely there's definitely the here's the thing if feige doesn't say it connects you know it's crazy i'm i'm on aiden's team but he did. So I'm also on Billy's team at the same time. Like I'm not breaking up the fight, but I'm not fighting for either side. I can see both both sides of, of the yeah, you should expect it to be crazy, but also if it's not, the fourth episode's crazy, but the fifth one is like we're we're definitely we're definitely fist bumping. Like it's it's definitely gonna be exciting. But when the main actor is saying that episode four I'm not focused on what Hiddleston said. Well Bettney like, did it and he screwed us. Well, look, yeah, Feige actual, said it. Trust in Feige.
0: Right. That's that's the issue. Paul Bettney, you know, could I just, view it
2: as you know, Feige here's my
0: thing. Say whatever and, and we wouldn't believe him anymore.
2: And Billy, this is this is where maybe you can put, you know, your thought process. I view it as Hiddleston spewed his spiel, but then Feige was like, Yeah, he's kind of right. Like that's where I'm like, okay, like, okay, Feige never said that about WandaVision. I'm totally like, I'm locked in on Hiddleston. I'm locked in on, you know, this show as a series being, you know, insane because Feige was like, "Yeah, Hiddleston's not wrong," like he he's right, and he's Feige not wrong. Trust. Right. So exactly, exactly, exactly. That's my point. We yeah. shall see, though, Steve. We, of course, we shall see. Actually, no, William, you take us home. You yeah, are the intro I, guy today. I did not bring
0: us in. I should not take us out. All right. Well, yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us, Steve. uh Little, little late, but I hope you enjoyed your time at the. Of course, I
2: Brewery. So it's. I'll yeah, plug but- it. I'll plug it. So it's a family friend of mine's. His his sister opened a brewery on Main Street, in Mania called Fat Lady brewery and it is awesome. I mean, it's a beautiful. It's right next to Ryan's Pub, so it's it's a heck of a space. They own this entire building. It's huge.
0: Do you That's try true. any nice, uh, nice beers you want to play? I I had a so many
1: Billy. I had so many. Well, no,
0: oh, because I'm a, I'm an interested. I'm interested in trying. You know, the, I had some... two two summer shandy styles.
2: One was like a peach citrus, uh, and the other was it was it was a German brew. Um, it was it was a smooth. There was one. There was one that was not a German brew. It was a, It was basically a Guinness. That was that one was a little rough around the throat but there was a, a german brew as well as a a peach summer summer shandy, basically but they had and this was this was the this was the winner right here uh, a hard cider that was out of this world
0: oh really so out of
2: like out of this world i'm not usually sir, few- sir jack's dry cider it was un- i was i literally sipped it i was like wow this is incredible. so is it
0: is it their stuff yeah it's all local imports I'm not a huge hard cider guy normally, but nah, I'm
2: not. I'm not either. Like I think the Red's Apple Ale and the Angry
0: Orchard I think those are disgusting. But oh, see, so yeah, but I, those aren't ciders; those are ales. I like those. Angry Orchard is a hard cider, or the Red's is not. Red's yeah, is a right, ale. Yeah, so I like Reds.
2: I think I think both of those are 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 quite quite distasteful. But this cider was, it was all it was on tap. I was like, wow, like whoever. It's a local too. They're They are from like the Delco Springfield. I was like, what? This is a home. This is literally someone's homebrew cider. That was
0: unbelievable. Well, nevertheless, I'm going to have to check it out because stuff like that. But, you know, thank you for joining us. And thank you all for listening. As always, we will be back next week reviewing the highly anticipated episode four of Loki and gearing up for the end of this season and also for Black Widow in a couple weeks. So we'll be back with much more content for you guys. Um, So for Stephen O'Malley, Aiden LaCourie, I am Billy Bruno. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time.